You're listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. Join us as we have a fun conversation with certified experts and physicians about health topics for you and your family. It's Your Best Life, our one purpose. Well, June is Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month, and more than 66,000 Iowans have been diagnosed with the disease, while another 73,000 Iowans provide unpaid care to individuals living with Alzheimer's or dementia. I'm joined today with Dr. Jim Haynes. He's a clinical pharmacist and the research director over at Mercy One Northeast Iowa Family Medicine and Residency. And he's going to talk to us a little bit about the work he and others here at Mercy One are doing um, with the Trailblazer study, which is a nationwide study hoping to bring advancement to the world of Alzheimer's medication. Dr. Haynes, welcome. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, Glad to be here. So let's start um, by just talking a little bit and setting the landscape for people Tell me kind of what is currently out there and available to individuals who've been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. You know, really, you know, when we think about other chronic diseases that are out there um, and we think about the available therapies for Alzheimer's, you know, just the the number of uh, therapeutic, you know, categories or medications that we've got with, with different mechanisms that are currently FDA approved is very, very limited. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the, I would say the mainstay of, of current commonly used therapies would be the uh, cholinesterase inhibitors, which have been around for, my goodness, probably close to 25 years and everything, you know, at least for some of the early ones that, that they came out and everything. Um, so if somebody has uh, Alzheimer's and they are, you know, being evaluated for it, that would be uh, medications such as uh, Dinepazil or Aricept is the common brand names would be the most commonly prescribed medication that's available generic. And again, it's been available for a long, long time. Um, you know, but it's a, a limited benefit, you know, and uh, um, it uh, doesn't really affect the underlying disease progression, uh, you know, and then the underlying, you know, kind of altered uh, biology, if you will, uh, related to Alzheimer's disease. And there are, you know, there's a small number of other medications, but they, again, are, um, nothing new in terms of the, uh, you know, therapies. Now, I will say that the thing that's kind of some of the excitement and, and certainly some of the medicines that we're um, conducting studies with, there are some newer medicines that are, uh, that are certainly being evaluated. But probably the biggest change over the last year um, was the FDA's um, approval of, of a new therapy, um, Aduhelm, um, or aducanumab is the is the the newly approved uh, FDA therapy, and there's a lot of controversy, you know, with that uh, approval, and you know we're still kind of seeing how that's going to affect uh, clinical practice. CMS is you know still my understanding is they're still reviewing. They've issued some draft guidelines about coverage for for aduhelm, um, which really weren't very favorable. Uh, but there, I think the last I knew that they were still under review and. Uh, maybe their final uh, ruling had not been issued yet, but uh, but that would be the newest therapy, but it, there's very, very limited uh, experience uh, with its use. So we've been at a little bit of a standstill kind of um, moving moving forward with with therapies for people who who have this disease. So tell me a little bit about what your clinic is kind of participating in and working on and some of the excitement there and what you guys are trying to see. Yeah. Um, and again, just for background, I was going to say, I know that a lot of times people, 
um, you know, we have some surprise to be frank, you know, that we're participating in clinical trials here in Waterloo, but, but I was just going to say for a background, we, uh, you know, our program is a, has been a clinical trial site, uh, for research studies for over 30 years. And, you know, during that time, we've participated in easily over 150 studies, uh, that have covered a number of different disease states. And long ago, we did participate in some Alzheimer's studies, but, uh, but now more recently over the past couple of years. Uh, we've participated in some more um, Alzheimer's studies as well. And uh, it is exciting. Uh, these are um, some new therapies that are, are focused on trying to reduce the, the levels of, uh, of amyloid plaque, uh, you know, in patients who have uh, either mild to moderate Alzheimer's disease. And there, I should clarify, there are kind of multiple trailblazer studies with, with that acronym that are underway. Um, we ha- we are a site for um, for the uh, Trailblazer two study that is already ongoing and uh, you know but is closed for enrollment. So we'll be very very excited uh, about you know how the res- the results of that uh, pan out, and uh, we're following that very very closely and following those patients very closely. But really, the kind of the thing that we've been working on most recently, which is very exciting, is the Trailblazer three trial. What's especially unique about this, um, and I should point out that the sponsor is Eli Lilly, and the medication involved is a is a, is a monoclonal antibody uh, directed at uh, at amyloid beta plaque, and the uh, the name of that is denanomab. But anyway, what's unique about the Trailblazer three study is it's really trying to um, the population involved are individuals who would have what we might call preclinical Alzheimer's disease. So these are patients who have normal cognition, normal thinking, normal function, but yet uh, they have some, um, some blood tests elevation that would be consistent with, uh, you know, some early changes uh, related to Alzheimer's disease. And that's, you know, that is very cutting edge to, um, to be doing a study uh, in a population of individuals who have, again, preclinical, uh, no, you know, overt symptoms yet of, of Alzheimer's disease, but but trying to identify that, them as a group uh, and give them a therapy that we think that uh, has the potential uh, to lower their risk of uh, progression to Alzheimer's disease in the future. So that's what we're actually at this moment. You know, we're recruiting for that. We're um, uh, you know we're one of several sites uh, participating around the country. For the total trial size, they're trying to identify uh, right around three thousand patients. You know who would who would uh, be eligible and qualify and participate in this study. So literally just about every day or every other day, we're screening some patients here at our practice in Waterloo. Um, I think we've had a really nice response here, but we would love to, uh, um, you know, we'd love to have other individuals come in. So really we're trying to find patients or identify patients who are between the ages of 55 and 80, again, who are, who have normal uh, cognitive function and really what it would entail would take about an hour to an hour and a half of their time to do the screening part. We'd have them come into our clinic and we would kind of go over a, about a memory test that takes about 15 minutes, perhaps even less. And then based on their result of that, um, they, we would go on and have them, uh, we would draw some blood, you know, that would be sent to a central lab. And then it would be analyzed for um, a, a biomarker or a blood marker. Um, it's phosphorylated tau is the, the biomarker that they're looking for. And then based on the result of that, if it was elevated within a certain range, then a patient, uh, then they could potentially continue on in the study. 
you know, and, and go on to receive uh, the uh, experimental medication uh, or placebo. So it's a, the trial is a placebo controlled trial. Half the patients would get the active medicine, denanomab, the other half would get placebo. And then they would get uh, up to a, a maximum of nine infusions and they would be followed over time. And then again, you know, very closely, many of the visits could be done Later visits could be done even at home, just uh, doing some memory tests, you know, over the telephone or the computer. So, the, the, but they'll be followed closely to see if the, the medicines lower the, or excuse me, the medicine lowers the risk of them developing Alzheimer's disease. So this biomarker they're looking for in the blood draw, is, is it essentially a risk factor or what are, what does that kind of, what is that correlation there that allows them, you guys to know whether or not they can move forward in the, the study? There's, there've been some recent studies in the past. And again, it's a, they're looking at uh, kind of hyperphosphorylated uh, uh, tau, uh, which again, which is a, you know, an abnormal protein that can lead to some of the, um, some of the tangles um, um, with, within the, uh, within the central nervous system that could, could lead to, or at least be associated with the symptoms of Alzheimer's. Um, in the past, this, I mean, it, it is unique that, that, uh, uh, that this test is, there, I should step back. So in the past, this used to used to be obtained by um, by if they would if physicians would do a tap of cerebral spinal fluid or or studies of the cerebral spinal fluid. So now this is available via a blood test again for research purposes. Uh, you know we're not saying if you went and saw your internist or you know your physician that that they would be routinely checking this, but uh, but there have some been some recent studies uh, of this blood test, the PTAL or phosphorylated tau um, that show the results from blood test uh, represent, uh, or they are, uh, they associate very well with the results from, from, from getting this from other methods uh, and from different uh, imaging studies uh, as well from different PET scans. So it's novel in the sense of, you know, being able to do this uh, with this newly developed assay uh, to or blood test than to, uh, to be able to do this by means of just a blood test. That's really interesting. Um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, just so everyone listening kind of has an understanding of some of the things you're talking about. When you say, um, when you're talking about the type of trial it is, so is it, is it a double blind study if there's a placebo? And can you talk a little bit more about that yeah. and what that yeah. means and what Absolutely. a placebo means? No, that's a great question. That uh, and I appreciate you asking that because um, you're right. Every, every study is different, you know, and there's lots of different methods and designs for for clinical trials. We always say, and you know, what we're always taught and what we teach students is that the the gold standard for for clinical trials is a you know randomized, double blind, placebo controlled trial, uh, and it's a mouthful, you know. So the randomized and the, but this is that type of a trial. Then the randomized means that there's a you know it's a um, Patients are assigned uh, by chance, if you will. They're, you know, they're assigned by a random function uh, to whether they would receive the, the active medication or placebo. And it is the the placebo controlled means that um, that we have an active, or said we have a compare the comparator. You know, for the study is that uh, it's going to be comparing the effects of the medication uh, to placebo. You know, if we if we if you had a study where you gave everybody the medication. Then we don't have a, a good uh, you know comparison group to evaluate you know how much of any observed change was uh, was due to the medication. 
So when you have a um, placebo group, it helps to in a, in a random allocation of patients to each arm, helps minimize bias and uh, gives us a great uh, comparison group. Um, and the double blind part just means that not only um, that means that both the patient and the investigator, uh, neither one of them will know which uh, therapy that the patient's receiving. You know, that's again, the highest level of standard, uh, highest level of a, of, a, of a clinical trial to evaluate, uh, you know, potential causality uh, uh, to, to, to actually be able to prove that uh, uh, observed differences are related to the assigned therapy. And so for people who are listening to this and wondering, why should they want to participate? Why, what, what's in it for them if, to come and get checked out and see if they qualify for this? What's, what's a good reason for them to come and, come and see? Well, I, 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 I could expound on this for a long time, but, uh, <laughs> but, and I know I'm biased, so I'll acknowledge that up front. But um, you know, just from the, from the societal perspective, right? just to start there, you know, we know that, hey, by coming in and participating, you're going to be helping us advance knowledge, you know, related to, you know, to Alzheimer's disease. So there's, so there's certainly that perspective. Uh, but on the, for the individual level, again, the, I would encourage patients to come in, take advantage of the screening, you know, and for, just from a probability standpoint, it's more probable than not that patients won't qualify. You know, in fact, you know, right now, to be honest, you know, our, um, our, our rate of, you know, finding patients, you know, who, who meet all the criteria is, is, is rather low. You know, I mean, most patients don't meet the criteria, which is good, obviously, for the patient. But, um, but it's a chance for you to learn more about your future health. You know, I mean, that's always, that's probably, you know, one of the biggest gains, I think, is that uh, just by virtue of coming in and taking advantage of some of the, uh, the testing and evaluations, you know, you're good, you know, for many people, that's an opportunity for them to learn more about their own health. Another thing I would point out, you know, that's advantageous about coming in to be screened is that everything's free of charge. You know, so there's absolutely zero charge to the patient. Um, Eli Lilly, the, the pharmaceutical company, you know, is, is paying for the clinical trial, they're paying for the tests, and they're paying for the all the evaluations. So there's zero charge, you're not billed, your insurance company's not billed. Uh, so it's a chance to get some, you know, some, some additional uh, care in that regard. And then again, this is again, perhaps a little bit of a biased statement, but I think there is some evidence to say that, um, you know, even for patients um, who participate in a clinical trial, there's some benefit uh, from having an additional set of eyes on your health. And, you know, by being in any clinical trial, there's some, uh, you know, there are some potential advantages of having um, a team, if you will, you know, that's uh, evaluating you, you know, evaluating your care as well. So there's at least some, several reasons there. But it is true that, you know, so if a, in a double blind trial, you know, patients, uh, they won't know, you know, whether they're getting the active medication or whether they are getting uh, placebo. Now, in this particular trial, one thing that's kind of unique that, that at least that they, they do have planned is that, you know, because of the, you know, the prognosis with Alzheimer's and the, the you know, the dire consequences for those that have it, they do have it designed that if after the double blind phase that the medication does show benefit or value, uh, that patients who participated in the study who did receive placebo early on uh, will actually have the opportunity to get the medication, you know, after that and everything. So that's, awesome. a, that's a nice carrot as well, you know, if, if the medication pans out and shows benefit. 
Yeah, absolutely. So going back to something you said kind of at the very beginning, you know, so many chronic illnesses have had, there's been a, a lot of progress when it comes to care and treatments. Why do you think we haven't seen that when it comes to Alzheimer's and this disease? What is it about the disease or what is it about the medications that's kind of preventing us from being able to move forward? Well, it's complex. You know, the, the, you know even the, the causes, I think, of, of Alzheimer's are elusive. You know, the specific you know, mechanisms involved and some of the uh, initiating factors. I mean, the, so I think, the, I think the, the disease process itself is enormously complex. Um, diagnosis has historically been, I would say, you know, has been a little bit difficult, right? So usually, um, you know, at least uh, to be able to see whether objectively somebody has Alzheimer's is sometimes required uh, post-mortem studies or studies after people have been deceased and uh, evaluating brains. Um, so there's, uh, there's, I think, significant challenges, uh, you know, with distinguishing um, Alzheimer's uh, from other forms of uh, dementia. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's certainly been a contributing factor as well. And I shouldn't say that it's not for a lack of effort, you know, because there are, there have been lots of therapies, but there's been a lot of failed therapies as well uh, along the way. So there's been uh, challenges. And then I think the, you know, with, I think there's also um, debate about, or not necessarily debate, but I think there's acknowledgement that, um, you know, what's going to be your measure, right? So what's your measure of benefit? You know, what's, what's your, what scales are you going to use or what imaging studies are you going to use? And, um, but even if we show improvement on certain scales, is that going to be of a magnitude that's appreciably noticed by patients or their families or, or by others? So there's a lot of challenges, no doubt. Absolutely. So if people are interested, um, what's the best way to get a hold of you or get a hold of the clinic to see if they can um, get scheduled for a screening? Yeah, we would, we would love for patients to give us a call. The, um, the best thing for them to do would be to you know, call into our clinic. We have two full-time research coordinators here who do a fantastic job. Is there, is there anything else um, you want to mention or talk about before, before we wrap up about the study or any of the work you guys are doing? Well, I will say that, um, you know, again, this is, this is a landmark trial. It, it, you know, it really is. Uh, there's no question whether, again, the results are ultimately, you know, favorable or unfavorable for the medication. Uh, the results from this study are going to be looked at and analyzed very, very closely and, and will be of very, very broad interest, uh, you know, to, to, to countless individuals. Um, the last thing, though, that I would say is that even though today um, we are not ready yet, there is another study uh, that we did just find out within the past week that we will be participating in. And uh, so even though the current study that I just talked about involves patients who do not have Alzheimer's currently, right? That, that they're, again, um, would be considered to be totally normal individuals. Um, but we do have a study that's probably in the next few months, we'll be happy to share more information about where we will be looking for individuals with mild to moderate Alzheimer's disease. And they would have a, a different um, medicine, uh, but it would also uh, have some some similar mechanisms of trying to focus on amyloid plaques. And again, if a patient qualified and if they were eligible, they would um, be able to receive the medication free of charge. 
in that particular study, even though there is a uh, placebo involved, actually all patients uh, throughout the, the two-year study uh, would get active medication at some time. So it's kind of a clever design that they have for that one, uh, for the crossover design that uh, patients will, everybody will get both essentially. Wow. That's, so you guys have yeah. a, a lot of really interesting things going on over there, huh? Well, we like to think so, you know, but it's, you know, it's such a terrible disease. Um, and that's the, you know, that's just the, the brutal truth about it for Alzheimer's. And, you know, so anything we can do to, you know, to, to let people in the Cedar Valley or even broader area, you know, we would, uh, uh, you know, participate and contribute to uh, these studies. Uh, we would certainly welcome Absolutely. Well, Dr. Haynes, thank you so much for um, joining us today here. And um, Dr. Jim Haynes, he's the clinical pharmacist and research director at Mercy One Northeast Iowa Family Medicine and Residency. Have a good one. Thank you very much, Chelsea. Appreciate it.